This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Ladies, your workouts are about to get an upgrade. The new Inspire leggings by Kalia are exactly what you want when it comes to activewear. It's their most versatile collection yet. They look good, feel good, and stay put. Using Lycra Adaptive Fiber, it compresses and molds to the body like a second skin. And it's unbelievably stretchy, so you can move however you want. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. The world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Davis, you are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this afternoon. How are you, Keith? I'm fine, Alan. Very good. Keith has been supporting Arsenal since 1887. That's absolutely true, Alan. In, uh, in the 1933 season, I actually was a stadium announcer. I used to give out adverts at half time. Uh, particular recall if you like quality carpets and good food, go to Rug Munchers, 369 Holloway Road. Bill Sampson the Butcher, always happy to have his meat in your mouth. That was the kind of thing I used to do at half-time. Uh, only for about one game after that, I was told to uh, stop making the announcements. Oh, it sounds like they, it's a bit someone sold you a dummy there, mate. <laughs> sounds like someone set you up a treat. Do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> Rug munch. <laughs> I mean, those, those, it's and good food. Extraordinary. <laughs> and what sort of PA did they have in the 30s? Was well, it... just a large hailer. A loud hailer. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have a microphone or anything like that. <laughs> just used to shout really loud. Well, that's a fascinating insight into arguably the greatest period in the club's history. <laughs> and uh, and Damien Harris is here, the midfield general. Hey. Oh, D, how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> Still a little croaky. Yeah. From, uh, from, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what caused this croakiness. Um, yeah. Uh, was it the uh, was it the S- night out or was it the... S- is it what is now known as an, an Atwell cough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a pretty bad Atwell. Oh my word! It's got worse. Boy, I haven't shouted at a referee like that for a long time. Or the um, or the directors of the uh, opposition. The opposition directors got a tremendous bollocking from El Presidente full time. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't the only one, but yeah, the, I did. Uh, oil contribute. well bastards. I think. <laughs> 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 Which does sound like it'd be quite a good name for a sort of indie band from the Midlands. Yeah, I prefer their earlier stuff. But yeah, well, yeah. well, well, bastards. <laughs> well, well, bastards. <laughs> you all will bastards. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? Honestly, it's true. It's true. It's a very good. Dis- it was a disguise from beginning to end. I, I thought, uh, let's go back. Listener, it's Sunday lunchtime. Um, I just, I'm a little bit late to record. The gentlemen have been waiting for me because I tried to make a brunch involving two frozen corn burgers. 
<laughs> and after I'd heated them up, the, the kitchen smelt like something, you know, the bins, really. And I, I had to <laughs> open the back door. And then I thought, I can't throw them out there. They'll poison the rats. <laughs> <laughs> so I quickly fried a couple of eggs on toast and uh, I'm late to the party. But I'm here now and I have a, I'm sated my appetite. And, uh, and, uh, and I have just I'm slightly calmed down. <laughs> Although I think I could be very easily triggered over the the events at the Emirates Stadium yesterday. Uh, on the upside of it, the Arsenal team gave the best performance they've given for years. Mm. I Amazing. think That's really fair. a top-level performance from every player. And uh, there's a real feeling now, we've been saying it for a few weeks, as everybody has, that there's something coming here, there's something growing. The new, the young players are sensational and the new signings have, have all been terrific. And yeah. are getting better, and uh, and we played so well, and then the whole thing came crashing down. Some vandal came into a china shop with a sledgehammer and just smashed the place up after we'd laid everything out beautifully. And it was <laughs> it was a, a, some awful refereeing decisions and the VAR interference really ruined the game, and then a stupid red card, needless. Needless to get the bookings from Gabriel, but also needless to send him off for the second yellow. Could certainly have said to him, calm yourself down. He was obviously incensed by the penalty yeah. decision. He couldn't wait to give it, though, mate. He came out straight away. He came out straight away. There was stuff on... When I got home late, late last night, there was stuff on the Sky coverage about Gabriel scuffing up the penalty spot, and that's why he was booked. And they showed him. He does scrape his studs on it oh, very, very briefly. But then it seemed to be that... It didn't look like, from, from the BBC coverage, that that was why he was booked at all. He was booked because he said something. To the, yeah, to the he ran up to Atwell and said something, didn't he? He said, well, probably passed on what he'd heard from the stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we'd have all, we'd all have been sent off. <laughs> this just in from Keith. Uh, <laughs> he wants to know how said. much are they paying you? <laughs> Well, he's just curious. <laughs> and the whole of Block 32 says you're a cheat, and they've been coming yeah. down here for years. Yeah. <laughs> Who paid for your extension, yeah. Stuart, is what they were asking. Yeah. I hear yeah. you've got a timeshare in Dubai now. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Is you've that... got one of those places on the palm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, this morning I was watching the highlights, and I went upstairs, and Linda said, I could hear you swearing downstairs. So I was still swearing still. 24 hours later. It's the sort of a game that makes you... We'll be swearing about it for years. Mm. I can't really... I don't know where to begin. First of all, our defensive organisation and and concentration against such a difficult opponent and their mobility and fluidity of their attacking players where they go out to the touchline or if, if Jesus comes inside and goes on to Ben White or something and then drops short, Ben White would come out with him but that gap would immediately be filled by Partey or Tomiyasu coming over. They were constantly shifting positions, very alert and alive to the way City were trying to open them up. It was evident that they've been practising and practising and practising. But the way they all worked together and communicated, Thomas Partey was 10 out of 10, man of the match, magnificent. But not just in his the way he retains the ball and evades opponents and his passing completion rate is probably 102% or something, but it, it was the fact that he was talking and leading throughout the game to a side of him I hadn't yeah. really noticed before. I really noticed that he was having a long chat with Bukayo Saka as they came off at half-time. And there was a real feeling, it was very different not having El Caldillo in the 
technical area, he would have definitely had some actual kittens yesterday if he'd been there. We, <laughs> yeah. we were joking in the second half that he can't see the game now because he's thrown his telly out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> there's some very funny stuff on Twitter. About, there's a young lad in the on the bench, one of the pit crew, had earpods in, and there's a yeah. moment where he takes one out of his ear and frowns. El has really lost it. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the bunker somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> Smashing up lateral flow tests. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Peter Stuyvesant was a much calmer presence yeah, in the technical was. area. In fact, he kept saying calm down, yeah. kept doing the two palms yeah. down gesture, especially after the penalty. But that decision's gone against us. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's still 1 1. Yeah. You know, we're the better side. Well, that's the thing. And Gabrielle, I've been watching the uh, highlights this morning, and you can't help thinking that Gabrielle should have calmed down. You know. well, it, it, I didn't really think it was a terrible, it wasn't what I'd call a foul. I mean, there was, I'd say, at least 70% of the player running into him. They know what they're doing when they yeah, do that. Yeah, but it's, it's giving him that thing. It's giving him, giving Atwell the, you know, the reason, the excuse. It was all so high tension. Everyone was sort of, and you could argue that that's what City had over us. They've got calm in this situation. They've got, you know, there's an assurance and calm. And Gabriel was a little bit too emotional. Well, you say assurance and calm. Up until when they got the penalty, I didn't see too much assurance and calm. They actually stooped to every trick in the book to to try and win that match. Oh, well, oh, they know the dark arts. They know. Yeah, well, they they well first. To. And we called it too, didn't we? Because we were sitting there and... Uh, they're going to start getting wound up in a minute. We could see it. We could feel it coming. It was the same feeling, and it's no coincidence because Guardiola's the coach. It's exactly how it felt playing Barcelona. If you had the temerity to get in front against them or give them a game, and we could give them a game back in the day, if they didn't have Messi, you know, and I'm sure a lot of teams have said this over the years, we could give them a game. We beat them once at the Emirates. We drew with them at the Emirates. We were up uh, ahead in the new camp when Van Persie was sent off, which still feels as bent as a nine-bob note. <laughs> but if it goes wrong, they start, well, cheating. That's, you know, they start little fouls in the ref's ear, gets a bit niggly, gets a bit dirty. They deploy in the dark arts. Of course, Silver was going to die for that pen. Of course he was. And the oh, moment he they saw a, Granite yeah. Jacker in front of him, they must have thought, the least I can do here is get a pen. It's Xhaka. Yeah. It's when you see Xhaka in the box, you think, oh, no, 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 I don't want him in the box. I never want him anywhere near the box. He gives away penalties all the time. He's been doing it ever since he was at Arsenal. Of course he's going to get tied in a knot and bump the guy. What I didn't realise, and I think it was the clincher in the VAR call, was he was pulling his shirt. Yeah. yeah. As soon as he does that, it's a pen. If he, if he hadn't t- t- grabbed the shirt... You could go, oh, mate, that was really harsh. But as soon as he grabs the shirt, that's a I think if he hadn't grabbed the shirt, I think Silver might have got booked for diving because he threw himself down. You know, he still had his balance after the contact. He could have stayed on his feet. But, yeah, you blew it, Jacker. there. I said to you at the time, didn't I? Okay, that's a pen. He yeah. just knew it was going to be a pen. As soon as they went yeah. to the VAR, it's a pen. The thing that annoyed me about it was that Atwell... Has made a call on it. He saw it, the linesman saw it, and they thought Silver's tried to buy a pen now. He's engineered a bit of a contact. He's beaten the man, but he's gone into him and thrown himself down. He's trying to buy a penalty. Maybe it's a foul, maybe it's not a foul, but he's he's trying it on, and I'm not giving it to him. He's not having it. He was quite adamant 
in his refusal as well, watching the highlights again. Yeah, it was really was. It felt like the ref knows what you're up to here, mate. He's seen you've exaggerated that, and that's actually cost you the penalty. You might have got it if you hadn't exaggerated it. And then they call him over and make him change his decision. And then, how about this for the most unbelievable thing that I've never thought I'd see? After a long period of VAR, well, the, the VAR screen listener is right in front of where we sit. So we can see the screen, well, the back of the screen. We can see Atwell. And then the players are lined up along the touchline, five yards behind him, watching it with him. And the City players shouting it's a penalty. The Arsenal players shouting it's not a penalty. Atwell's trying to look at the telly. The whole of Block 32 is screaming their heads off. <laughs> <laughs> You cheats, you cheats. Oil well bastards hadn't come up yet. That was a more considered <laughs> post-match reflection. He was saving that one. <laughs> but you knew he was going to give it. Standing on the touchline was Kieran Tierney waiting to take a throw in because that's where the, the ball had gone out and he had the ball under his arm and Mares went over to him and asked him for the ball and Tierney just gave it to him with a bit of a shrug. It's as if they both knew it was going to be a pen and, and Mares could not wait to get the ball on the spot, you know. But then yeah. as he's going to put the ball on the spot, they show a replay of the foul on the big screen before the pen's taken. And Xhaka saw it. So then there's another eruption of rowing around the penalty spot because they've shown the whole crowd this pretty contentious decision. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it went for City is one thing, but the fact that the ref gets overruled and then they show the replay, it got everything so heated and yeah. so pumped up. It was a real mess. And, and yeah. as you say, Gabriel was still furious when he, when he flattened Jesus. I thought he was unlucky with that one because Jesus turned very quickly on him and spun, <laughs> spun round. And he, you know, perhaps he could have done more. He didn't have to put his arm up. It's a foul. But the ref can go to him and say, I, I could easily book you for that. You could be off. Calm down. Yeah. One yeah, more foul and you're off. Listen, but he couldn't wait to send him off. Yeah. Uh, what about when Tommy Asher had his uh, face stamped on? Not even a yellow. This is the kind of, you, know, you see stuff everywhere. You that go, was Stuart Atwell on VAR, wasn't it? Yes, he was. Atwell what was a surprise. on the VAR, yeah. yeah. And he's that did, Everton game. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, really... He's not in anyone's good books at our place. And and when when uh, Erdegaard was fouled by Edison, that looked a pen. We thought that's a pen. He's come out. Erdegaard's running through. I was a bit disappointed in a way that Lacker passed to him when he could have had a shot on the 18-yard line. But he's put him in. He's got in on the keeper. And he's come out and brought him, brought him down. Whether he got the ball... As well, I don't know, but there's, there's multiple angles available online and you can see that as Erdegaard's going to put his foot down to protect the ball, Edison turns up and trips him. It's a pen. If you look at that on the replay in slow-mo, you're going to give a pen. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't look at it. It's really, I totally understood why Aaron Ramsdale, Peter Stuyvesant, they were, they were all furious. It felt unfair. It just really felt seriously unfair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cards weren't stacked against mm. us yeah. enough from Man City. Yeah. yeah, exactly that, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I haven't heard the stadium like that. I mean, I hearing that much abuse, how much are they paying you so crystal clear, yeah. mm. you know. It, it, but I think last night I, met, I uh, compared this to Obi-Wan <laughs> Making sure that Luke Skywalker saw uh, Darth Vader killing him. Uh, it was a. 
yeah, okay. I, I think, uh, well, you know, this is a, feels like a turning point. It was a big moment. It, it felt like the old days of Man United. It felt like we, yeah. we, every. This has been a very divided support for a long time. A long yes. time. We were very divided over. Uh, Arsene, Arsene yeah. Wenger for a long time and people thought that he should have gone in 2014, 2015, 2016 and eventually he left. By that time the support was furious, a very divided support. The only thing that's pulled everyone together was that the absolute loathing of the Cronkers trying to take us into a Super League. That got everyone going. No one wanted that. And thank God that did. Can you imagine if that had happened? What, what? would we be doing now? I mean, they were actually going to try and do that. Thank God that that didn't happen. But then the very people have been very divided over the current situation. The coming appointing a, a, a rookie manager, some awful performances, some you know the signings that we've had. There's, there's been a lot of anger, and now here we are compared to where we were when we played them in August. It was a catastrophic performance. We thought that must be Jacker's last game. He got red carded in such a crucial match. Yeah, and then that week, pretty much, they went out and bought Ramsdale, Tommy Asu who have been two of the best signers we've had for years. Mm, yeah. Toby Asu, from the position of right back, has, has, has contributed at least half of the change to the team from that position. The solidity yeah. of his play and his composure and his calmness and his athleticism has transformed his, our back four. And it's everybody along that back line now and with the goalkeeper, they really feel solid. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they, and, um, they had an excellent game. Oh, they all did. Erdegaard, I thought, was... Erdegaard, well, yeah. I'm enjoying watching every good. game. I thought he was, yeah. And the atmosphere in the ground was good. And, you know, it's sad. I don't know what, how the BBC do it, but, you know, they managed to filter out the crowd noise very well. And it's a shame because we the fans were solidly behind the team and most of the fans did stay towards the end and cheered them off like they'd won the game. Which I think morally they did win the game. Morally, well, yeah. that's the thing. On the train up, you're always going right. What's what's the scenario going to be? Are we going to just get bored? Not not bored, but you know that that sort of death by a thousand cuts of a Pep Guardiola team. Are we going to get sort of taken to the cleaners? Are we? Is it get you know? But to say that we would lose and you would end up cheering everyone off mm. like that was quite bizarre. I haven't felt like that since probably one of those Barcelona games. I don't yeah, you, I don't feel like that. Also, yeah. you felt that the players appreciated that as well. You see them come off and you could see that they were gutted. They were shattered. You could see it, absolutely. They, they, they left were everything gutted. out there. But there, was a, there is a bond now between the fans and the footballers like, like there's never been before, I think. You know? Well, I really hope so. I really hope so. And it felt like that. It felt like that, that this was a bit of a turning point. Yeah. This was something our team needed to go through. And I'll tell you what, there was something, I don't know, I didn't see Sky, but they certainly didn't mention it on Match of the Day, not too much. When they got that second goal, now they could have celebrated to their own fans, run down there, but they didn't. They then went straight to the Arsenal fans, all their subs, all their pit crew, went and celebrated. And you could see the goal scorer giving it the come on then, and it's to like the, you to the, that's the uh, shit. Also, by the way, the uh, family enclosure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, they're so uh, hard, aren't they? And that is class, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Rodri, six foot four, taking his shirt off, yelling and screaming and waving his Manchester City shirt. It's gone over the touchline, past the corner flag, onto the running track, right up to the Arsenal fans. They all start shouting. Then there was rain, raining down sweets and... Uh, <laughs> 
Tommy Sweet Tippy drinking cups. <laughs> <laughs> Those yeah. giraffes. Packets of Skittles coming. <laughs> what are those giraffes? <laughs> One of them got hit in the head by a copy of the Beano. <laughs> it, was, it was carnage down there. And then they're complaining about all the missiles being thrown. And then Silver's gesturing at the fans in a bit of a, like, Paul Lintz oh. Crystal Palace in the Cantona game. You're like, oh, come on then. It's the family enclosure. You're absolute yeah. tool. Your fans are over there. Well, as someone pointed out on Twitter, they were so quiet throughout the game, maybe they didn't realise that that's that's where they were. But don't you think also there was more to it than just the events in the game, the feeling of injustice when referee decisions go against Mm. you, two tight penalty decisions, both decisions went their way, a a red card that could he could not easily not have given that red card. He didn't have to do that, but he did. So there's three massive decisions go their way but on top of all of it (laughs) the ball boy Silver went to get the ball off the ball boy he wouldn't give it to him and the ref went over and I thought he was going to book the ball boy I mean if he had booked the ball boy that would have been funny I mean at least it would have been funny (laughs) yes and then it was ball boy ball boy give us a wave ball boy give us a wave at the clock and then he did so I mean there was a lot (laughs) there's a lot went on but underline all of it of course is the absolute stink of Manchester City in our league and I just wish this mob had gone and bought a club in another league. Go and buy a club. Go and buy Borussia Mönchengladbach. Take them past Bayern Munich to the top of the wherever their league's called. Right? Just do that. The Bundesliga. Do that. Go and buy someone else. Get out of our league. We don't want your money. It's, a, it's not. Don't pretend that you're playing great stuff and Guardiola's a genius and this is amazing. We're so privileged to see you. Get out of our league. You're not wanted here. You are not wanted. Sell up and leave. You had your fun. Go away. No one wants your oil bastard money. No one wants to see this. And to come here with that attitude to football, that attitude to the opposition, that attitude to the opposition fans, that attitude to Arsenal itself, which is a football institution for this country, to come here and behave like that in our stadium, stinking of money, filthy cheating, in the referee's ear, diving, pulling shirts, mouthing off a whole game. You stink. You stink out football. I used to like you more than Liverpool because we've got a long rivalry with Liverpool goes back my whole life Manchester United we hated and they hated us we hate Tottenham obviously Chelsea that stinks That's just, they've robbed the league for years yes we hate all of them but now you're top of the list get out of our league sell up and go 100 points is that normal no it's bent domestic treble is that normal is that because of good football no it's bent you're bent you've got 100 million pound moron gurning away on the bench grinning at Arsenal fans basically taking the pick out of us a hundred million pound player who's happy because he can't get in the side he's not even playing you've ruined your career Grealish why don't they sell up and leave can we have a vote 19 (laughs) clubs have a vote get them out tell them to piss off go and play somewhere else start your own league in your own desert sorry I mean, I'm this go is storm the thing. The I mean, you know, you get these pundits. They go, "Oh, yeah, but they buy a fifty million player." But yeah, but they're paying so much wages. Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. We could go, yeah, we'll buy that fifty million player too. But as soon as they Manchester City come in and go, yeah, we'll pay him that transfer. I said to you, the wages. the second half, I said to Keith. Look at Guardiola. He's just drawing up a shopping list. He's watching Arsenal and he's drawing up a shopping list. Mm. He's thinking, "I'm going to come for you, Saka. I'm going to come for you, Martinelli." I might come for you, Thomas Partey, when Fernandinho's on the way out the door. I'll come for you if I'm still here in three years and Riyad Mahrez is gone and Bernardo Silva's gone, they're all pushing 30 or past it. I'm going to come for these boys. I'm going to come here with £200 million and there won't be anything you can do about it. And then I'll take all the credit. 
Yeah. <laughs> because oh, I'm a genius. Um, what was the genius wearing yesterday? He looked like a mime. No, he looked like he looked like a, he looked like a Spaniard. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, Spaniards have gone down in my estimation. Very intense Spaniard, surely. <laughs> And I don't so, know. I don't know what El Caldillo would have done yesterday. He would have detonated in the box. We'd have looked at the technical area and there would have been a puff of smoke and he'd have spontaneously combusted. This is about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Arteta, you know, they used to say, you know, someone like Dennis Wise, oh, he could start a fight in an empty room. Arteta can sense injustice. He can sense a slight against him in an empty room. Someone in this room, before I got in here, and said something bad about me. In the past, I can feel it. It's still here. I can feel the slight in the atmosphere. Who's got it in for me? Who is it? Who thinks I'm an arsehole? Come and say it to my face. Say it to my face. Mikel, Mikel, how long are you going to be in the bathroom? <laughs> Do you think uh, Mrs Arteta came home yesterday? She's gone into the living room and gone, oh, fuck. The TV's off the oh, wall. Oh, just going to take the TV's off. Fucking take the kids down. The old, the kids, the old <laughs> HD screen's in about five pieces. That's in the swimming pool. It's in the swimming pool in the garden. There's an iPad embedded in the plaster of the <laughs> He's on the ground going, why, why, why? Probably in some Basque dialect. And she's just gone, I'm just going to take Pet for a walk. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, their dog's called Pet. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Would you like a cup of tea, dear? <laughs> tea, tea. You offer me tea. You call it, what, what do you say to me? What did you call me? <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> Uh, however, he should take some credit, I think. I I mean, yeah. No, absolutely, he oh, must. Yeah. And we, have, all of us, all the various contributors to this podcast over the last year, at different times have thought, we need to change the manager here. This isn't working. And um, yesterday, no one was saying that. Everyone was saying, this is working. Yeah. The team is working. We're growing to love our pit crew, and we don't know their names. I wish they had them on the back of the shirts. <laughs> because, you know, they're as much a part of it as the players, it seems. And the players talk to them. It was fascinating to see Erdegaard. Erdegaard and Partey are leaders. They're yes. real players. They come from massive clubs. And Erdegaard is a captain of Norway, and he's coming over quite often and talking to Stoiberberg, obviously about the tactical setup to deal with Sterling, because Sterling seemed to be finding space. Who should come over and deal with that? What are we supposed to... What do we get? You know, you could see the conversations from where we sit. And a lot of considered and thoughtful conversations between the players and the bench. Yeah. And, they, and they're listening and speaking. It's not, you know, it's not El Caldea. They're not just coming over and receiving frantic instructions with a lot of gesticulating. Um, he may be, he, as he grows up a bit and matures as a manager, that might calm down, I guess. Yeah. You know, because a sense of calm coming from the bench, I thought, helped. Yeah. Although, having said that, we did still combust in the second half and shoot ourselves in the foot a yeah, bit. I, I'm we? not sure we should call him El Cordillo. I mean, giving him a, you know, comparing him to a Spanish dictator. What about Antonio Banderas' character out of Shrek? Because I can imagine him giving it all hard with a Bamiyang, but when it comes to Smith, Rowe and Sacker, he goes, kitten eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. I, 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 like you. I tried to Stay. get Kim Young, Kim Young, <laughs> Kim Young Mick 
going, <laughs> but um, you are glorious leader, but that, that, no, sounds, that sounds like an Irish dictator. <laughs> <Yeah. moment. laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do that. Uh, yeah. Um, I no, you're right. He does deserve credit, uh, and and it's his side now. He's yeah. I, there are many things about him that I would change. Uh, I, I, you know, the way he falls out with these star players, but they're just the ones who won't do his bidding, aren't they? Urzel and Aubameyang, they're kind of maverick types, and you do wonder why such top draw players ended up at Arsenal and not playing for you know a Champions League challenging side, and it's because. There's something in their makeup that can cause a problem in the camp, can cause a problem in the dressing room. Yeah, you know, Aubameyang seems like a lovely bloke. He seems like he's got a sense of humour. He seems to, he's a wonderful footballer. And yesterday, when Martinelli in the second half was dead on his feet, he'd run so much, and yeah. the only way we were going to score was on a breakaway because they were camped in our half. We went to five at the back and defended our 18-yard line as soon as we went to 10 men, and that was all we were going to do. And uh, Martinelli just could not get up the speed to make a run into their half. And I was, uh, I was really thinking, God, I wish we had Aubameyang on the bench, because do you remember what he did against Man City in that cup semi-final? That was exactly it, wasn't it? A ball into their half and off he went. He's unbelievably fast, Aubameyang. Yeah. But he wasn't there. Well, what was interesting about that was he's, off at, he's gone early to the African Cup of Nations, and that seems to be the best to keep these two boys apart for a bit till they can all grow up. And, yeah, so someone needs to bang their heads together, don't they? Really? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that um, Tuchel's dropped Lukaku. It seems mm. he's yeah, not in some the squad issue for there. The but what I was going to say, to you, so I just finish that point, is no one at any point, even it didn't occur to any of us to put Pepe on. Pepe didn't even come into anyone's mind. And this is a rapid attacker who can do. Good stuff for the football, given a bit of space and time. Doesn't yeah. like doesn't like being closely marked. So if you closely mark him, he'll lose it. Mm. Well, but, that's the problem. You can't. No one thought of it, did they? No. no, because you needed someone. If you're going to bring on a, a striker, he needs to hold that ball up and try and keep it up there. He hasn't not got. He that played. We went, we went to the uh, Sunderland game in the League Cup, and. Uh, we saw everything that Eddie and Ketty is about. It's, his finishing was sensational. The run across the near post he made to get on the Tavares cross, the back heel from the Pepe cross. Yeah. The first one, the rebound off the keeper. He's turned, he's balanced, he's anticipating a rebound off the keeper. When it goes in off his knee, that's because he's in the right place, in the right position, alive to it. He is a fantastic goal-scoring striker. He's going to score pots of goals. But the other player who played very well in that game was Pepe, because yeah, Pepe had, the, you know, the League One fullback. He had him absolutely on toast. Nutmegs, everything. Yeah. and he, But he cannot do it against Manchester City. So it doesn't occur to them to put him on, even though our, our wingers knackered. I tell you, that night, uh, the Sunderland game, massive vibe about Charlie Patino. I mean, the crowd Wasn't was it? singing his name just as they were about. I've never seen that, not for an unknown kid. Everyone, you know. No. No, that's right. Everybody knew who he <laughs> knew who he was before he'd even played for the first team. There's such a buzz about him, and I think that it's to do with YouTube, isn't it? Really, it's that you can get to see the kids in the under twenty three side. You see, you can see all their goals, all their assists, little montages of what they're up to. So you get, you can get to know them in the way that we were never able to in the past. When you saw David Rocastle make his debut at eighteen, that's the first time you'd seen him at all. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, and but with Patino, we've all seen that goal he scored against Manchester United for the under 23s. We beat two men in chips, the keeper. Holy smoke, this bloke is cruising around the pitch. He looks amazing. So, as he's warming up and he's going to come on, they're going, Oh, Charlie Patino. Oh, he's got a song. He hasn't even <laughs> stepped onto the pitch and he's got a song. I thought I was a bit disappointed in that game. He, he yanked uh, Balogun after about an hour. I think he got booked, didn't he? And he sort of, I've, I've seen enough. This kid needs to go on loan, probably, you know, possibly to someone like Sunderland. Um, but he put Jacker on, and and it meant we got hold of midfield. But we were three up. I mean, we were never in yeah. danger in that yeah. match. I thought that was a moment to put Patino on, give him half an hour, and send him mid. But he put Jacker on. I tell you what, but then Patino come on and scored, yeah. so it was wonderful. But there was another young lad who we're not condoning this, but it was funny. So this <laughs> stocky lad runs on the pitch. He, honestly, he was a stocky lad, but he was fast. He had a great turn of speed. He must have dodged about 15 stewards. Then jumps back into the stands and runs all the way up in the concourse and escapes. It was brilliant. It was, <laughs> it was really cheap. I mean, we're not condoning it. We don't want it happening every week. And it was funny. You know? Yeah. Don't come on the pitch unless you know you can escape because yeah. it's the escape that gives us pleasure. Because yeah. it's a bit Keystone Cops when they're all running, all the stewards are yeah. slipping over. Well, those coats don't help, do they? They've got these no. massive coats. And then well, you there's get... one at the end last night, what, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, he was well, a city, fan. city fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, got, they grabbed his hood of his jacket. Yeah. And uh, I thought the jacket was going to come off, but no, that floored him. Yeah. He was, he was down. Yeah. The City fans were a bit glo- a bit gloaty outside the ground. Mm. Arsenal fans, no one gets involved with that sort of crap. You know, take that back to Manchester with you. But it did remind me of coming out of Cardiff in 2005 after we'd won the Cup on penalties. Oh. And Manchester United had battered us. And yeah. uh, we won it on penalties. And one of them goes to us, how can you cheer that? (laughs) (laughs) How can you cheer that? (laughs) And we went like this, yay! (laughs) We stole the cup, we stole it. That can happen. We'd had it four years previously against Liverpool, hadn't we? We got stolen from us. Yeah, but at least it was in an honest fashion on penalties. (laughs) That was probably the toughest... One of the tough, I think, you know, been reading sort of various bits and pieces, but I think that was one of the toughest games they would have had. Mm. Yes. I think they were very relieved to have got those three points. And oh, they were, they were big, behaving at full big. time. You'd have thought they'd won the European Cup. Yeah. I mean, they I stayed. Really get accused of that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They stayed on the pitch for a long time. They're throwing their shirts in the crowd, all that embarrassing carry on, walking around bare chested. You know, you've just really had the benefit of a couple of very dodgy decisions here. You realise that, don't you? That you were on the way to a loss, a deserved loss. Arsenal were just looking for a second goal and that, and it all went to shit. So you should really feel it. And actually, to be fair to Rodri and Guardiola, they did both say that in post-match interviews. Yeah, bastards. Yeah, (laughs) they were the the better side. What they didn't say was, we really had to pull out the dark arts to get out of this. And it's the fact that we can do that means we're going to be rulers of your league for many centuries, earth scum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bernardo Silva from, you know, I... There was rumour of us trying to get him, wasn't there, at uh, the beginning of this season? And he's kind of always been one of my favourites. I've oh, always really wonderful liked footballer. Him. And now, wonderful footballer, but absolutely hate him. Oh. It's 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 gone almost. It's gone a bit Van Nistelrooy, Maya. I don't. Want I, I've been looking for someone to hate, <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> 
Now, it's, the, it's the Graham Roberts Award for most hated opponent. <laughs> no one. The horse face. See you next Tuesday. No one's been in the league. league. He was on, out on his own. He set new standards of shit. I, do you know that I paid someone <laughs> to kill him? I, I got a friend. They work. killed a horse instead. You can't trust a hitman. <laughs> Did you... I paid a friend who uh, who worked for worked in football television, yes. and I <coughs> excuse me, I'm still. Da- this is going to be Damon's final words on it. <laughs> final words. It's going to be about how much she hates Ruth Van Nistelrooy. It would be appropriate. It would be uh, on my gravestone. <laughs> no, no, we're just going to put a picture of Dennis Bergkamp on your gravestone. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I actually paid someone because there was a, a quote from Alex Ferguson saying, Rud van Nisselooy never dives. And I was going to get, I, I paid someone 100 quid to get all the clips of Rud van Nisselooy diving. This was in 2001 before YouTube. <laughs> and did they do it? There, they've got, they got me. So I've got all this footage, and this bloke just sort of gave me a hard drive full of rude vans oh. of where I'm diving. We better post. We should post that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, Holding, um, he got a, a yellow card as soon as he came on. Uh, <laughs> we were getting yellow cards. Yeah, that was annoying. That Holding had been on the pitch about five minutes. Yeah. And he came on as a sub because of the red card. And he's running back. I don't know who the City player was. He's, he's running back with him. And, he, and this, the guy went down and the, it, Holding must have tripped him. He couldn't really see what had happened. Free kick. Card out. And it's his first foul. Uh, uh, Rodri made at least three fouls. I mean, there was one collision with Martinelli. Yeah. I thought he'd broken his ankle. Martinelli does leave his foot in to try and... Oh, that yeah. was that was a bit like Ronaldo did one of those, didn't he? As well, a, 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 a really out of control. Mm, it's naughty. Big that. lash out, and very, very lucky not to take the player with them. Uh, yeah, you know, and and really seriously injure them. Just a bit of red mist. Yeah, and yeah. all we got is a corner from it. I, the thing is with the granite thing, though, I I would have preferred to have. Listen, he did up until that point have a good game. There's no t- two ways about that, but. There's always that thing that he's got that he's going to give away a penalty or get yeah, sent yeah. off. Why don't exactly. you have Maitland Niles? He doesn't. He doesn't do anything that stupid. And well, I, I did think that when Jacker was on a yellow, yeah, you take him off. Take him off. You know, when he, he subbed Erdegaard to put Holding into the back four, and I thought maybe Erdegaard could have gone into midfield with Partey and to get Xhaka out of there. But actually, the plan was to play a back three with Xhaka as the le- on the left hand side. And, uh, and really defend in a kind of 5-3-2, 5-3-1 um, formation. So he, he, he didn't commit another foul. He didn't give away another pen. He didn't get sent off, but he definitely has it in him. And it does still feel like a position in the team where we could do with an upgrade. What they've learned, I think, the owners, and what we've seen is if you spend money, you can really get some good players, you know. And what they've done... Right, is they've bought players at the at the right age. You know, the the idea that you have to spend big. If you spend big, you get someone ready made who's at their peak. Now, not necessarily. You might have to spend big, but you get a player who's going to play for you for five, six, seven seasons, maybe even more. 
still though, the standout player is Saka, and, oh, and okay. uh, uh, the way Saka can manipulate the ball now, it doesn't matter if he's got two men on him. He could be carrying the ball and scanning the field, touchline next to him, no space. He'll drop his shoulder or put his foot down. One of the one of them will move. Then there's a little half a yard more space, which he'll then occupy, still looking for someone to come. Now he's got another opponent. If there's no one to pass, so okay, I'll take this one on. And you can watch this playing out in front of you. We compared him months and months ago to Messi and decided that perhaps that was too much to put on a young boy. And, of course, there's no one like Messi. But just because of his size and his left-footed and the way he can manipulate the ball in tight areas and the way he can sell dummies, the way he makes assists, the way he finishes gently, the way he passes the ball into the goal, there is something of that of a top quality, highest quality footballer um, in him. And it's... You know, we absolutely adore it. As soon as the ball comes to him, I want to see what he's going to do with it. He is wonderful to watch. Yeah. And, and I just long for him. Give him the keys to the stadium. I remember I spoke to Ken Fryer once at some function years ago and Matthew Flamini had left on a free, run down his contract. And he'd done it before when he came to us and when he did it at Arsenal as well. He went to AC Milan, I think, didn't he? And he, when he want, was negotiating a new contract, he wanted a fortune from Arsenal. And Arsenal wouldn't give it to him. And Ken Fryer said to him, I can't, I can't give you, Mattia, I can't give you the keys to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with Saka... I yeah. think you should give him the keys to this city yeah. and call it the Saka Arena. <laughs> Car parking space, yeah. maybe, Matteo, we can give you... Yeah. Maybe a percentage of the that. burgers and that that's sold yeah. in the concourse. We, we can drink. call it, yeah, the Flamini Burger. We could do that, maybe, but, yeah. The can't, we can't give him the, the keys stadium. to the marble halls. <laughs> yeah, the Saka Stadium. The thing is, there's a yeah. genuine buzz when he does get the ball. And the same with Smith Rowe, that, it, oh, something's going to happen. And we haven't had that in our team for a long time. You know, when Henri got the ball or Bergkamp got the ball, you go, oh, something's going to happen here. We, for the last few years, it's like, oh, he's got the ball. Well, let's see what he does with it, shall we? You know, whereas now it's like something's going to happen. Something will happen. You know? Well, it was interesting because also... And the goal came. was fantastic. And it was a team goal yeah. as well. I mean, some oh, beautiful play. Even Lacazette managed to stand in front of the guy. So, well, I thought Lacazette had another great captain's performance again, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, he talked all the way through, didn't he? he talks to the players. Uh, yeah, because the thing was that Ake was, I think we all, everyone would say, was the weakest link in that Man City side, even though he did do well to clear the ball off the line. For well, that it was an interesting there. selection, I thought, from Guardiola, because he did have Carl Walker on yeah. the bench, mm. so he could have played Carl Walker at right back, and he could have played Joe Cancelo uh, at left back, where he usually plays. But yeah, I think it's because of Saka that he put Nathan Ake in and said, you're just going to defend. You've got a defending job to do on this kid mm. and you have to be with him all the time. I don't ever want to see you up the pitch and he's in behind. He'll kill us. He'll kill us yeah. dead. He's good enough to play for us. He's as good as Riyad Mahrez. He's as good as Jack Grealish. He's good enough to play for Manchester City. Now, there aren't many players in this league you can say that about, <laughs> you know. He's as, he's as good as Phil Foden. So we have to put someone basically on him and defend. And he, and he picked Ake to do it. It was an interesting call. 
And yeah. you could argue it didn't work, actually. <laughs> because Saka's goal was fantastic and his performance generally was fantastic and he's, he's strong enough when he's backing in, even to a big player like Ake, he's strong enough to hold him off. Well, he did that really well, I thought. He does. Ramsdale can find him with a 60-yard pass. Oh, and he'll, yes. That he'll have Ake in his back and he'll bring it down. Yeah. And have it in front of him and then you'll think, what are my choices here? In a, in a half a second, I could turn him, I could win a throw, I could look inside... I can go backwards, but he doesn't like going backwards, Bukayo, does he? He wants he likes no. to turn around and go at you. It is extraordinary. And I do, you know, huge credit again to Ramsdale. These balls that he hits from oh. the penalty area that go over the midfield. Most goalkeepers, you're lucky if they can hit someone on the halfway line with a pass. And then if they do hit someone on the halfway line, you're swamped by the opposition midfield on the second ball. But if you go over the midfield and you hit it deep into the corners... They're in trouble. There was one well, ball it was like he a hit. That, pass, wasn't it? It was an like, amazing pass. Amazing, yeah. And Martinelli kind of caught were, it on yeah. his toe on the there run. Were two. It was sensational. Yeah. <laughs> two of them. They were. Yeah, and, and you know, when you you think the speed it's coming and the height it's coming, and you think, how did you control that? I mean, it's borderline witchcraft, frankly. And and it's, really was. <laughs> it was absolutely extraordinary. You know, we're, we're used to... Have, I know we turned on him because he went to Man U, but when Van Persie was playing for us, sometimes his, yeah, sometimes his first touch defied belief. It really, it was incredible. And and there was a goal that he didn't score for us. He scored for Manchester United, didn't he? But it was a long, long ball and he volleyed it in. Martinelli is that level. Ooh. These guys, this is... This, you know, I know the people who listen to this, they know about football. They don't need us to tell them. But these players are seriously top-draw footballers who are good enough to play for Real Madrid or anybody else. And they're at Arsenal and they're 20 years old. And we just need to... We do need to give them the keys to the stadium. We do need to make sure they stay. But the work, the work, why they'll stay is if they look around the team and they say they see equivalent talent around the team. And at the moment, they are seeing that. Because Ramsdale is the goalkeeping profession, what Saka is to a winger. He's that good. He's England's England's number one. It's like David Seaman back in the day. The fans love him, and rightly so. Tommy Asu is as good a right back as we've seen. I gather I saw Stoney yesterday, and he said, Oh, Lee Dixon's done a thing in the paper saying how good Tommy Asu is. I said, Oh, that's funny, because when I saw him in, in October, <laughs> I said, What do you think about Tommy Asu? Eh? He's done doing well, don't you think? Said, oh, yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see. It's early days, early days. Well, I saw Pat Rice at the same event, and I said, What do you think about Tommy Asu? And he went, He's shit hot. <laughs> <laughs> He calls a spade a spade. Yeah. I love Pat Rice. I love him. Love him to death. <laughs> Loved him since yeah. I was about eleven. <laughs> yeah, excellent. But yeah, now he's. He, they are looking around and seeing those players. Yeah. You see Thomas Partey. He's come from Atletico Madrid. Erdegaard, uh, talent. He looks at Smith Rowe. He's just played for England. He knows. And, he, and you know, even if he looks across at the bench, he knows Ainsley Maitland Niles is a top player. You know. Mm. And, and yeah. there are other ones coming up. Patino is most notable. Gabriel's, although he blew a gasket yesterday and got himself sent off, he's been terrific all season until that moment. And you just hope yeah. that he, you know, will learn for that. And then there's Ben White as well. He's 23 or 24 or something. Yeah. If, they, if we can get a striker, because Lacazette's, what, 30? Aubameyang's 32 and fallen out with the manager. 
I don't know if he has enough faith in Nketiah to give him a season at number nine to see if he can do in the Premier League what he does in the League Cup. Don't know if he's got the faith in him or if he's going to go. But if they are going to go, they have to spend big and get a proper one. Yeah. Get one who's that level. And the and the player who eventually replaces Jacko, if it's Lukonga, maybe it will be. But someone will have to come into that role. We, we were linked with Douglas Louise. Um, Excellent player. I would love that. Yes. And there's a lot of talk about Coutinho as well, isn't there? But I'm not so no. sure. No. I don't want him. No. I, Coutinho would be a step backwards. I think he's a wonderful player, a wonderful player. But he is basically the same player as Emil Smith-Rowe. Or well, but he's the same. Erdogan. When, when you said about Ozil and Aubameyang, and why do they, you know... Yeah, you're going to get that Moody player, aren't you? million yeah. Barcelona spent for that. I mm. think Liverpool are still laughing. Mm. You can still hear it if you listen in the wind. Yeah, they bought Addison and Van Dyke with the money, didn't they? Yeah. So um, I, I would really, I really hope we don't do that. Mm. But Douglas Luiz is an excellent player and he's been linked with Manchester City as well because of... Fernandinho coming to the end and he plays in that role in front of the back four he's destructive he's a good passer he's, 20, he's a really good player yeah. and that you know, that would be a good signing for us or the other one who gets mentioned is Basuma of Brighton and, but you know we don't know do we anybody else outside the Premier League we don't know who they might find yeah know? Well, in yeah, the way, in the way they find Tommy Asu you know we've never heard of Tommy yeah. Asu I'd be surprised if uh, Arteta had heard of Tommy Ass until his agent phoned Edu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't just get it one. I jest. I'm, I'm convinced about, you know, on the subject of Arteta, what I'm convinced about is, is that he, he, the desperate desire he has to, to make us a winning team. And how much of it is to do with him wanting to be a winning manager? I thought I didn't really like Guardiola saying Arteta's Arsenal's most important player. I thought that, that's a bit revolting, you know. If you said to me, one of these two men is going to leave Arsenal next week, Mikel Arteta or Bukayo Saka, I mean, that we, we never do a vote on our Twitter feed at Not Your Bentley, <laughs> no, but that would be a 100%. Let's <laughs> not. <laughs> Goodbye, Mikel. Thanks for everything, you know. Um, but he's uh, he really, really, you know, he's extremely determined and... Intense. Uh, intensely devoted to being a good manager and producing a good football team, and he, and he is doing that. Yes. Well, yeah, he's doing it, and he's turned it around, and uh, and he's and he's get he's putting his identity onto the the team and the club. And listen, I, I think we that game yesterday we could have got battered by Manchester City, and I think that would have affected our confidence badly for the cup games coming up. I think those players can look all look at themselves in the mirror and go, do you know what? If we play like that every week from now on, we're going to get something, and we're going to get. We'll get yeah, oh, I said outside the ground. Anything better than nil three is a good result today. And yeah. any any Arsenal fan would have taken a draw at kickoff. And the fact that we cut to you know within a oh. hair of a draw and had it pinched at the death. Well, anyway, listen. There's a few emails that come in. Uh, James Rennie uh, emails uh, pretty much. Every week, he's emailed us again, but he's had an idea. Uh, it's a small quiz based on the midfield general's idea for goals in games where Arsenal suffered god awful defeats. Because we, hey. yeah, he did mention uh, that um, 
some of our be- uh, some of our best ever goals get forgotten because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we let in about eight at the other end. Um, and in fact, yesterday's goal might well mm. fall into that category because it was a magnificent goal and we lost. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's a few. It's it's actually I don't really like it to be honest, James. Don't do this again. But I'll, it's <laughs> it's it's a quiz about terribly painful defeats. <laughs> so it feels, it's sort this of going to cheer everyone up, isn't it? It sort of feels appropriate after yesterday, which goes sure it goes into the top ten painful defeats for most Arsenal fans. Uh, which player? Question one. Which player provided the assist for Robin van Persie's goal in an eight-two defeat against Manchester United? I mean, go I've just I talk about forgotten goals. I mean, <laughs> um, that was a black game. Oh, yes, I mean, look now. Nah. See, see, James, how much pain you've caused us. <laughs> just, 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 the first question. We were all in a good mood. That was a match of the day that we did not watch. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I do remember about that game was that Chesney was in goal, wasn't he? I think. And I think he thought that he was getting into Rooney's head about free kicks. He was doing a lot of talking to him and he was lining them up and sort of doing a lot of jumping around. He was that sort of personality, wasn't he? And uh, and Rooney just put two free kicks past him. <laughs> Basically, just stuck two fingers up. So, you yeah. know, Rooney at that time was one of the best players in the world. You know? yeah. <laughs> anyway, the assist that was provided... That would make you have a fag in the shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that it's would a have been a smoking. Yeah, but uh, as he's picking the ball out of the net, he's still trying to laugh it off. He says, "All right, you got me that time, but oh, I'm in your head. I'm in your head, aren't I?" <laughs> You'll never reach seven. Oh, yeah, uh, I'll give you a clue. English defender. English uh, defender. Much loved. Uh, big Arsenal fan. Signed for, <laughs> signed for a million pounds from Charlton Athletic. Was oh, it a the corporal? The corporal. No was it a moment of genius from Wenger, <clears throat> or was it one of those ones where it slightly got away? I think it was. <laughs> but we much loved Corporal Carl Jenkinson provided the assist in the eight-two defeat. Uh, who dived to win the free kick against Barcelona that <laughs> Sol Campbell headed in? So that's a con- controversial question. Robert I thought that was Perez. <laughs> it was a legitimate, a legitimate foul. I was going to say Perez. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't Perez. It was I- Ivorian. Oh, um, played on the um, right. Um, we, we've tried to. We've forgotten. Colo, <laughs> Colo uh, Torre, or no, same. Uh, no, no, oh. no. It's um, you know. The same right uh, same name as uh, Petit and Adibayor. Emmanuel Bouet. Emmanuel Bouet. Yes. He was brought down for a free kick, although James Rennie here says that he dived. All right. All right. Fair enough. Mate. I, I would not. Yeah. Here's you another t- here's another terrible and painful defeat. <laughs> <laughs> Which two players f- score penalties for Arsenal in a shootout against Bradford City? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who was who were there? So I'm going to pass on to you. No, uh, uh, again, the, the clue I'll give you is that they're two English players. Ah. Was one of them unlucky? <laughs> no, it wasn't Theo. Okay. Wasn't okay. They actually scored the penalties, right. Uh, they scored Jack the penalties, Wilshire. Yeah. Jack Wilshire, yes. Yeah. Super Jack. T- tucked his pen away. And ooh, who was the other one? The Corporal. Not the corporal, corporal. no. 
coach, English. English player, <laughs> yeah. It's no longer at Arsenal, still in the Mal- Premier League. Malcolm McDonald. Still in the Premier League. <laughs> Not Super Mac, no. Uh, still in the Premier League. He now plays in the North West in red. The clues are coming oh, thick Oxlade and fast. Chamberlain. Oxlade Chamberlain. Yo. The fact that we had those two players on the pitch and we lost to Bradford is pretty painful. Isn't it? Yeah, oh. uh, here's night. one. Uh, here's one. He says, "Watch out, Tayo. Uh, it's who scored for Leeds against Arsenal oh. in 1999." I mean, they're really. Oh. What's wrong with you? Broke you? No. This is a horrible quiz. This is it's a horrible quiz, isn't it? Jesus I'm sorry for reading it out. Right, the Spanish Inquisition um, wouldn't do this <laughs> Put on your oh. thumb screws. We're having a quiz about defeats. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now it's Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Oh, yes. All right, you want another painful <laughs> one? <laughs> You know, if I had a choice between the rack or doing this quiz, I'm choosing the rack. (laughs) All right, listen to this question. Which Arsenal player slipped over allowing Park (laughs) Ji-sung to score in the Champions League semi-final in 2009? (laughs) After seven minutes of flag waving. Who was it? It was an English defender. (laughs) Kieran Gibbs. Kieran Gibbs, Gibbs, Gibbs. Um, God. Which player of dubious age scored the winner for Birmingham City against Arsenal in the 2011 League Cup final? God, what a painful oh, day that was. Jesus, that was hideous. Remember who was it? Who scored the goal? Have we verified uh, whether this bloke is actually an Arsenal fan or not, or just some <laughs> troll spud no, who's listening to our to, podcast? It's good to confront these things after all these years. No, it ain't. Bottle we, it up. We, we do. We do sort of <laughs> bury it up. Bottle it up. We do just pull it up. Let it seep out in your personal relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or when you're shouting at an oil baron. Oil baron, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the answer is Obafemi Martins. Right. Uh, who was the player who should have been sent off for handball and a 6 0 defeat at Stamford Bridge in 2014? He's already been mentioned. Oxlade Chamberlain. Oxlade Chamberlain. Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. And then it's fact the referee sent off Gibbs. Yeah. Uh, really. The days before VAR were ridiculous, but it's still as ridiculous now. Uh, Arsenal lost 5-1 at Anfield in 2014. Uh, the, the goal was a penalty. Our goal. Who scored it? Would... Santi Cazorla. Nope. Abameyang? Nope. Robin Van... Nope. No, had he gone by then? Yep. Right. Theo? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> For all our penalty check. What was the year again? 2014. 2014. Oh, 24-ish. 24-ish. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's got to be... Uh... No, what's funny about this question is that we frequently this player is the forgotten man of Arsenal. Oh. <laughs> Here we are forgetting. And, yeah. and it's, so, it's such an interesting psychological thing because he is the most present figure at Arsenal. And the answer actually typed out here is El Caldillo. <laughs> Mikel Arteta, who was a very good penalty taker, mm. he's pretty reliable from the spot. The trouble was we let him five at the other end. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't a great defensive midfielder. Was it was. <laughs> is that it? Oh, no, there are two more. Oh, there are two okay. more. Let, come on, let's get it. Let's um, get it over with. New Year's. It's like a, a you know. This is a, this this I this is really is an extremely painful defeat. 
Uh, we lost at Anfield in the tw- 2008 Champions League quarter final. Uh, who scored Arsenal's goals in that game? Theo Ronaldo. Um, oh, who's nope. the guy who got in? Diaby? Did he get? Diaby got the first, put us 1 0 up. Oh, and then uh, and then we were two one down and Theo went on an amazing run up the pitch, yeah. slalomed his way up the pitch, oh, and Van Persie and, and set up Adi Bayor, yeah. and that was right in front of us, and right in front of the away. And that I just really, you know, sometimes when you go away, it really goes off back in the in the away end when you score. I mean, people were just falling over each other, <laughs> people were screaming. That thing about hugging strangers, I mean, really, it was. A, Bedlam, pandemonium in the away end. Because that was at their death. We were through. We'd knocked them out. We'd had a dodgy penalty and a home leg against us. And then they went up the other end and Ryan Barbell dived in front of the cop and the ref gave a pen. Do you know what I I normally say when people put in these good things? I go, oh, oh, if I ever meet you, I'll buy you a pint. This guy's put this like he's buying me a pint. <laughs> if he ever comes up and says, Oh, gee, I've done that because good, right? We go to the bar, one, two pints, and I'll do it. And the final painful one is uh, oh, go on. who, which twat missed a wonderful opportunity <laughs> to score? In the Champions League game against Barcelona in 2011, oh, after well, Van Persie had been sent. Oh, it's our Lord Bentner. Lord Bentner. Oh, Lord Bentner. So thank you, James, for that. And as is traditional on this podcast, <laughs> never. never email me again. And we mean that. <laughs> yeah. On a lighter note, I did sit and sort of uh, shifting to songs. I saw a video of after our Norwich game, the final yeah. nil. Oh, we haven't talked about that, have we? That was a very a good comfortable win. Norwich game. Uh, so there's a video of Arsenal fans getting off the train at, I'm guessing, Euston or wherever you would come in from. Liverpool Street, isn't it? Liverpool Street, yeah. And they're singing a Martinelli song. Oh, oh yeah. How's it go? To Sugar Sugar. <laughs> Which was number one when I was born. Yeah. Yes, I think that that's been going for a going for a couple of years. That one, isn't it? It's brilliant to have him back. He was injured for a long time, but he. I was glad because there was a a moment where you thought, oh, we saw flashes of him at eighteen, and is he going to be one of those who gets injured and doesn't come through? You know. But he could be an absolute world beater, couldn't he? He could. I just disappointed yesterday, though. He did miss his chances, didn't he? He just missed his chances. He had two chances, and there was an open goal where Ake cleared it off the line. Did run the referee ran in front? That gave me a bit of that well cough. That one, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I didn't realise that song had been around. It shows you how much I go to away games. Yeah, we haven't. Been, well, no one's been away for ages, have we? It's a great, it's a great song. I like. I do yeah. like that one. Um, no, I've had a couple of tweets. I'm like, uh, oh, this is from John Vernon. who mentioned the fact that they showed the replay of the penalty on the big screen. That was bizarre. Uh, uh, Lucy, friend of the pod. Uh, this kid wants to give a shout out to the ball boy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've already done that. If you want to um, tweet us, you can at not you Bentley. If you don't know why we're called at not you Bentley, it's because when we got knocked out of the cup by a Blackburn, 
painful defeats, uh, number 11. Uh, we actually applauded them off because they played very well. But David Bentley was playing for them. And Tyosha, as he was applauding the Blackburn players, shouted out, Not you, Bentley! Which was one of the funniest things in my, uh, my football support in life. Um, very funny. Now, this tweet is from Edward underscore AFC. That's his Twitter handle. Uh, City is all that's wrong with football. Their bench costs more than the Emirates. Those diving, cheating little shits. I'd rather go 0 38 and get sent down than support a tin pot team like that. <laughs> oh, good man. And that, that was sent at five to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> He's, been still, playing pool. <laughs> he's still still seething at midnight. And, uh, I think, uh, I think you Fair speak play. for us all there, Edward. You certainly speak yeah. for me. Hey, no, can I, I really... say on a positive note, at the Newcastle game, I was introduced um, to a relative who's tracked me down through a DNA thing. That, uh, he said, oh, the only Keith Dover I know is from the podcast. And, he, and the good thing is, which I think is when you introduce to a relative you've never seen before, that he's actually a gooner. Yeah, when he was introduced, good. he was introduced by Stoney. And Stoney at the time sometimes dresses like a character out of Minder that he should be carrying, <laughs> holding a dodgy whippet or a greyhound. I'm providing a bed. Carry on with the story. So, Leon Smith, my relative from my grandmother's side, it's a pleased to meet you, mate. Sorry if I didn't get too infused at the time, but he was introduced by the dodgy looking Ian Stone. You know, <laughs> dodgy and dodgy stone. And stone. And I thought, Once yeah, oh, oh, really? Are you really my DNA relative? Let's see. But it turns out he actually is. So that was good. So You're very excited oh, about this. Very, very excited about it because, well, the, the relatives I do know, like, I try to keep steer clear of. Keep your sister, <laughs> my dad, and everybody. I see if you keep away. And um, <laughs> where is the? Where is this unknown relative? He looks like a plus. Oh, well, we all love the relatives. We don't. Yeah. But he's a good. Yeah. That's the best thing. I mean, well, there you imagine go. saying, yeah. "Oh, listen, now I'm your long lost, you know, whatever," and he turns out to be a Tottenham fan, and all his mum, dad, sister, and everybody else—they're all Tottenham fans. That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? It would be horrible. But, but then I wouldn't have anything to do with him. No, right, I, right. I always, I always relate to the Jerry Seinfeld stand-up routine, <laughs> yeah. where he's, he talks about how he's not really interested in getting any new friends. <laughs> <laughs> that is that time in his life. He says, when you're a kid and you see someone at the end of the drive and you say, hello, hello, you're my friend. And then <laughs> you like cherry cola, I like cherry cola, you're my best friend. That, <laughs> but he says, he's, the, the joke is now more like a company that says, you just seem like you're perfectly qualified for the position, but we're not hiring. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his, one of his uh, yeah. better jokes. Um, Mark Mannion uh, tweeted me, us, at Not You Bentley, uh, it's been a while since Dave, his mate, and I booed ourselves hoarse and much longer since opposition shithousery and refereeing ineptitude evoked such a cacophony of abuse from our supporters. Magnificent use of the mm. language here. Mark, I'm, I'm loving this. Uh, this was uh, this morning he sent this. He's obviously had slept on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man Manchester City, Atwell and VAR galvanised Gooners and we made it clear to the team that we're behind them 100%. I think that's... Um, yeah. We'll actually, no, I'm mistaken. He didn't send that. He sent it at quarter past one this morning. <laughs> so you're really getting a feeling of the Arsenal support <laughs> yeah. late at night, really seething about what happened yesterday. But I'm concluding, as we have, that actually... 
it maybe it'll be a good thing in a way, yeah. despite losing. Yeah, no, you absolutely. Know? I mean, it was weird when they everyone was coming off. I go right, boo, hooray! But and you were trying to have to time because the the rep Atwell came off. Yeah, boo uh, the ref coming off. Yeah. Cheer some Arsenal players. Yeah, boo some City players. Yeah. Cheer the cheer the last stragglers of the Arsenal team. We really like yeah. staying, applauding a lot, you know. Yeah, and then there's a few City players left. Yeah, and then until and we then... booed them off, then we could leave. Yeah. <laughs> <And then laughs> Keith still had some shouting to do at the uh, the Manchester City board. Yeah, yeah, well, I felt right. was justified. Uh, now this is an email from Lee Hall. Uh, hello, Alan and the lads. Just got done watching the beautiful drumming he's put of Delia Smith's boys. 5-0. I thought I'd continue with the lording it up. I get in home and watching 89. Sat smug in my man cave. Featuring many of the old guard. Uh, I'm sat there watching it with my Peroni perched carefully on my one pack. And, I, and I'm interviewed in this film and he's mentioned, he says, I mentioned that my brother is a Tottenham fan. Uh, which I forget mentioning. What I do remember about that was that he is a Tottenham fan, my brother, and that game was played on his birthday, which is why it was even more hilarious <laughs> to me. Um, is he still locked this, up in the dungeon, that brother of yours? <laughs> this, it goes, this took me back to one time I asked an ex-girlfriend to move in with me, but like Mikel, I had some unconditionals. <laughs> <laughs> Every other Saturday, I would go to football. I'd possibly come home pissed, possibly urinate in her knicker drawer or the clean washing oh. basket. <laughs> well, I was with him for a while. <laughs> but she was happy to move in. <laughs> On the day she moved in, while she was at work, I collected her stuff from her mum's. I carried her suitcase and bags into the bedroom. I decided to surprise her by putting all her clothes away while she was at work. Yeah, you put yeah, really yeah, so, yeah, well, poking around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the lingerie anyway, section, that's where he was. I'm over... <laughs> all right, let's not, let's right. not impose our own dream. <laughs> <laughs> On the day she moved in, I put so I opened the first big suitcase and I started to unpack when she called me. Presumably, this is a telephone call. Uh, she mentioned, I'll oh, leave the suitcase, I'll do that when I get back. Oh. So, this just prompted him to explore further, <laughs> as you can imagine, thinking she maybe had a dildo or something <laughs> in her case. <laughs> Uh, I still thought it would be a nice thing to do for her, so I got down to the last few bits and I uncovered something that I was not expecting and hadn't been brought up in previous conversations. There were two items. One, a Tottenham top. Two, a signed framed picture of Teddy Sheringham. Oh, no. Oh, what evil. I felt so betrayed. She never mentioned this to me before. She was trying to sneak this into my place. Like Mikel, I turned to the unconditionals. (laughs) Waiting for her to come home from work, she opened the suitcase. She could see that I put most of her stuff away, and she also noticed the contraband she had tried to smuggle out. She says, oh, I reply, what the F is that? (laughs) Without letting her answer, I said, it's got to go. I was living in a high-rise flat and I made her go to the rubbish chute and put both items down the chute. (laughs) He's a modern man, isn't he, this fella? The the signed photo read to the gorgeous Nina, brackets, wink, wink, Teddy. Uh, my actions are folklore down my local. 
and I hope you guys agree. Is he, oh, is he still yeah, with absolutely. this woman, or is he? No, 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 no. Well, I imagine she moved out the following day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Yes, well done. Anyone who shoves a Tottenham shirt down a rubbish chute is all right by us. <laughs> and as for the Sheringham picture, I'm surprised you were able to hold it in your hands. Yeah, that it's just shattering. <laughs> <laughs> burning. <laughs> oh, oh, must throw down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? We've had a few songs sent in, but I can't really sing them, I'm afraid. I don't know the words. Uh, Gyro Jamirez. So apologies for the pronunciation. Oh, no, Gyro Jaramillo. Um, I read out an email saying that someone had put up a tweet about Tommy Yasu and the kid with the shirt. Um, and some day glow, see you next Tuesday, takes it. Last Christmas, I gave him my shirt, and some day glow, see you next Tuesday, took it away. He just wants to say he was the person who came up with that, not the person I credited. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, there we are. Uh, Mo McCrowan. Uh, Mo from Hornsey, living in Dublin. And we've got quite a few listeners in Ireland. Happy New Year, yeah. Ireland. Uh, great result tonight. I don't know when this is. <laughs> oh, December the 21st. That was when we played Sunderland, wasn't it? Great result tonight. Happy Christmas to you all. Uh, just an idle thought. Arsenal's smallest 11. Uh, it's a midfield of Lucas Torreira, Santi Cazorla, uh, Diara and Remy Gard. Ooh. God, yeah, Diara was yeah. tiny. <laughs> up front. You want to have a uh, guess at who he's got up front? Right. Two players. Arsenal's smallest of <laughs> smallest 11. These two players were tiny. Was it? No, Franny Jeffers. Was... One was Scottish and one was Russian. Oh, uh, that would be. Um, um, oh, what's his who name? Who played for City as well? That's right. What, Nasri? Uh, no. Um, 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 Scottish. Scott, uh, Scott, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. He scored. Against he scored us, against us didn't for he? Leicester in the in the mm. last match last, of the uh, yes, Invincible yes. season. Ah. He, he nearly cost us the unbeaten yeah. season. I could see oh. him. <laughs> oh, I think he came. Did he play for Brighton as well? He came down. For... But what was his name? <gasps> oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so I know. Feisty little. <laughs> When you hear his surname, you, you're gonna, I'm going to find it quite funny that it was on the tip of your tongue. For his surname is Dickoff. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I've got Dickoff. My oh, tongue. it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other player, of course, heels like dog. Yes. Um... Jesus. Oh, no, I know. Oh, no. Short-term memory really? loss. Really, we got. Alzheimer's going on. <laughs> middle, middle-aged men forgetting <laughs> middle-aged men forgetting recent information. <laughs> <laughs> this player's already been mentioned today. Andre Arshavin. Andre Scored a scored a goal against oh, Barcelona and a fantastic two-one win. That was well. That was the night that the, oh, that was a the Emirates was rocking. That really. That, I tell you what, people who listen to this podcast must think we're in a care home. Yeah, well, many of the people who listen are in care homes. I'm not saying your background looks like a Yeah, it has got an artificial tree. And the Christmas turd. It's not a turd, it's a gnome. It sounds like Monty Python sketch. And it's also got the bat four... 
that uh, there's a Brazilian called Svard. I remember there's a Brazilian player called One. There's only one. One. one he was one, tiny. That was fun. There's only yeah. one. One. Uh, he's, you can have fullback. You can have Clichy or Cole. He says they're both small. Actually, Cole wasn't that small, was he? But uh, centre backs. Uh, he's gone with Oleg. He played in Acid Rain. Lujny. <laughs> <laughs> and Gilles Gilles Grimaldi. Yeah. He's put in there. And then he's got Ospina in goal. Manager, he says, or she says, I think. I don't know if Mom, perhaps Mo is a female uh, Lego head manager. That right. I think that's El Cuddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Captain Black. Uh, someone sent me, oh, here's a quiz. It's a little quiz. Uh, Hi, chaps. I am the freeloading scumbag who brought you Allardyce or Farage. Uh. I promise I'd never write in again, but after a few pints watching the Arsenal masterclass, I break my promise and bring you a very short quiz. Saka or Jesus? <laughs> Is there? Oh, aren't they the same person? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Never seen in the same room together. Yeah. Well, there was a uh, Jesus I wanted to see nailed up yesterday, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Going, yeah, go. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Look at him. He's always got a couple of nails in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> um, number one, my faith is constantly being exercised. Who said that? Jesus or Saka? Oh, Saka. Saka said that. My faith is constantly being exercised. Number two, do not let your hearts be troubled trusting God. Jesus or Saka? Oh, I'm going to go with Jesus. Yeah, no, I'm going Jesus. It was, it was Jesus. Jesus Rejection is an opportunity for your selection. Jesus or Saka? Now, he could have been talking to the disciples on this one, so that's a fairly good question to throw out a disciple or potential disciple. <laughs> you know, if you want to be selected. I'm going to go Saka. Yeah, I'm going Saka too, yeah. Oh, no, that one was Jesus. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And number four, uh, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus or Saka? I think that's Saka. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is Wait, Saka. There you go. Oh, it is Saka. Oh, we've got a holy yeah. man in our team, has uh, and finally, finally, I am effing brilliant. Jesus or Saka? Oh, right. Now, a lot of his stuff was lost in translation to our Lord. Um, <laughs> and he has put in brackets, that may not be an actual quote. Right. It's, it's done, it's okay. done the, the comedy final question, which we always enjoy. We always enjoy. Okay. There's a good piece by um, Jonathan Lau Lil in uh, The Guardian, actually. Lou. And he Lou. talks about how much... Saka is loved by everyone. Maybe he is the second coming. I don't want to get too far. Yeah, let's not go. It's a bit, it's, I think it's a stretch to compare him to Messi, but to compare him to Jesus. Let's calm down. Yeah, okay. uh, well, we do have a lot of, you know, lepers and that outside the ground hoping to be touched by Saka. Hoping to be touched by Saka. <laughs> those quotes, by the way, uh, those are from Joe Blanchard, who lives in Brighton. Uh, oh, hello, Joe. He got the, the Saka quotes from a website called premierchristianity.com. Com, the Christian faith of Bukayo Saka. Uh, P.S. Love the show. You do keep me going on tough days. It's a pleasure, mm. Joe. Uh, and I must say, I've had a few emails, especially over the lockdown period and in recent months, where people have said similar things that uh, it's been quite a tough year and mm. that uh, 
I, I mean, obviously, there are many other uh, sources of content to amuse yourselves, and but the, the, having a laugh about the Arsenal on here has been oh. nice. Um, and I, I mean, that's I'm sort of stalling a little bit because I'm looking for one now. A lad called Leo Maguire sent me an email, a very kind email, um, some stuff about the book that I wrote, but uh, also stuff about the podcasts and how it's been great for him and he hasn't always been having the best time of late. Uh, and then he says, which I quite like, uh, I, I genuinely think I love you and El Presidente and that little fella off different strokes. <laughs> <laughs> So that made me laugh. Thank you for that. Back to you too, guys, because, you know, they come up with a lot of funny stuff too, so it's it's both ways. The the listeners provide a lot of content for which we are grateful, otherwise we we would have to talk about Mikel Arteta for the entire time. We don't want to. Uh, I have dreamt many times of um, going into wherever it is you have a, a drink and just to be a fly on the wall, as Keith says something like, Greek women are loyal. (laughs) Or... Or I was hoping for some R and R, and Linda ended up in A and E. I wish I had a Keith Dover in my life. No, well, you well, Leo, no, you're welcome. To- I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you Keith's address. <laughs> if you could take him he, off our hands, he's looking for new relationships. <laughs> relatives. He really, uh, he's like, if just have a do DNA it. test, <laughs> and you can be accelerated into best friend overnight. <laughs> we'll send you the QR code. <laughs> Keith Dover DNA QR code. <laughs> But thank you, Leo, for that. Uh, yes, thank you for that email. And to everyone, you can email us at TuesdayClubPodcast at gmail dot com. Um, apologies for not singing any of the songs this week, but uh, I don't really want to. As but as that, um, and I don't know the tunes to a lot of. I'm not really very familiar with the output, for example, of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so but, it, it will be a whole lot of love, probably. But anyway, next week. Perhaps another time. Um, I think I'm going to knock this on the head. Uh, what's happening today? Today's is it a, Chelsea Liverpool? A big game on, isn't it? Oh, that's it, Chelsea Liverpool with um, Klopp. The, not. the fight for second place. Mm. Klopp's what? Uh, Klopp's tested positive as well. Has he? Yeah, so he won't be there. So it'll be interesting to see whether his oh. gesticulation oh, just... on the uh, sideline helps or not. Oh, who knows? Well, we're reading the match previews, and of course, listener, you will already know the outcome. But Lukaku's been dropped. Ooh, so. right. yeah. well, that's hundred million yeah. well spent, isn't it? I feel surprisingly upbeat, considering we all went out for lunch after the game yesterday. Our sort of postponed Christmas lunch that we were going to have after the Wolves game that was called off, and uh, we still enjoyed ourselves, even when Tottenham scored a ninety-sixth minute winner oh, after, yeah. all, after a Watford player gave away a. Stupid free kick, right out of the Janet Granite Jacker playbook, that allowed Tottenham to score at the, at the death, and they should have. Uh, even despite it all going wrong, uh, we feel perhaps as the new year begins, perhaps more upbeat about the Arsenal than ever for a long yeah. time. So let's hope we do not hear next week having me dumped out of both domestic cups <laughs> <laughs> or possibly on penalties. I think there are no replays, right? So we've got to win no, at the City yeah, Ground. That's it. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's hope we do. All right, gents. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year.